space, the final frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamis Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation. But as they peer into the unknown, they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations. The episode is called The Labyrinth's Edge, certainly not auspicious for the next eight episodes in this season at all. And we are running at star date 57288.82, which, if our players will remember, is about two years after the last session ended. What has happened in those last two years? So each of you finished your first assignment wherever you have been. Since completion of the Academy in 2378, you all have experienced character events and everything that have shaped you into the people that you are today. And now in 2380, you have all been reassigned through various means and everything like that to the ship designation NCC-011978B. That is the USS Delamis Christian. The Christian is under the command of Commander Sabian Tabor, as we said earlier. And various transports have been taking you from where you were previously stationed to a starbase, starbase known as Aslin Station. That's A-S-S-E-L-I-N for those of you playing along at home. It is starbase SCS-68-26. SCS, obviously, for Sector Command Station, right? It is a relatively new station. You will notice it is still under construction on some level, but it is up and functioning and it is beginning to fill out its crew complement. You've been arriving here at the station by various means, and you have also noticed that the uh, the Dilemmas Christian has not arrived yet. It's going to be around in the next few days. It's en route currently from Starbase 67 in the Azadi sector. So what are you all doing here on the station? The first thing that you noticed is that one of the key voices in your transfer to the Dalamis Christian and your posting here at the station has been a voice from your Starfleet Academy days. Commandant Pritchard is here and has very active on this particular space station in terms of operations and everything like that. He seems to have a hand in the station itself, although he won't say that he's been officially posted here, um, only that he's in an advisory capacity helping them fill out the station as they're building it out for the technology needs and the needs for this particular sector of space. But he wants Aslan Station to be much like some of the other big star bases known throughout Starfleet. Wants it to be more than just a military station or a, or a, that kind of feel. Wants it to be a cultural station. It wants to be a variety of cultures working together, 
Academy of Minds sort of thing. And the one of the first thing that's happening after you guys arrive at the Starbase is that he has sponsored and has put together a conference from various scientists, both Starfleet and not, from all over this region of the galaxy, specifically on subspace technology. Some of you may remember that was a particular interest of his when you knew him from the Academy. And yeah, so he has put together this conference to go ahead and to talk about some of the leading edge technology in subspace and some of the leading edge research in that particular area. So the first thing that we're going to do is I'm going to introduce you all to the six speakers that will be speaking at the conference today. And then the what we'll be doing after that is a fun collaborative world-building exercise where all of you will develop some sort of connection to one of the attendants today. Let me go through the speakers themselves. So the first one is a fairly low-key for Klingon uh, speaker by the name of Kateb. Kateb is a highly respected member of the Klingon Empire and a renowned expert in the field of weapons technologies. And his presentation is specifically discussing the ways in which subspace distortion fields can be used to improve power and accuracy and results that they have seen in some testing on Klingon weaponry aboard several ships. Second speaker is a Tellarite from the Daystrom Institute by the name of Dushleg Chim Bragoff. He just goes by Dr. Bragoff for anybody, because even he recognizes that for humans, his name is sometimes difficult to come to pronounce and get right. So he would much rather keep it short and simple for those of you that can't understand. He is known for his quick wit and his sharp tongue, which often gets him in as much trouble as it does make him friends, rubs people the wrong way sometimes. They either hate him or love him. He's very polarizing, but also very smart. Like I said, from the Daystrom Institute itself, he'll be presenting a paper on subspace field variations and their effect on sensor arrays, specifically detecting and analyzing space ter- sp- subspace disturbances in real time. The third speaker is a Vulcan by the name of Dr. Tapreya. She specializes in subspace mechanics, and specifically her topic, her paper is going to be on applications in subspace folding and warp propulsion systems, trying to to achieve that, that faster travel. Because again, we're just after the Dominion War, so we're still bound by that warp 10 speed limit on some level that, that may, may be broken in future in future years, but for right now, still trying to go ahead and break through that wall. She is a renowned expert in her field and has published several papers on the subject. If any of you have studied any sort of subspace technologies, especially like cutting edge subspace technologies or warp technologies in any great level. The name of Dr. Tapre is probably familiar to you. You've probably read papers of hers or even seen her speak at other conferences, which is something that she does quite a bit. Um, she is known for her, as unsurprisingly as a Vulcan, her exceptionally logical approach to problem solving and somewhat unusually, her ability to think outside of the box, to see where those logical conclusions can go to expand discussions and take them in other locations. But she's very good. Anybody that has seen her speak before, she's very good at laying down the breadcrumbs for you and letting you follow the dots to the conclusion that she wants you to reach. Next up is the Romulan commander Tokov. Again, he is speaking on tactical applications. Commander Tokov is a decorated officer from the Romulan Star Navy, served in several high-level positions in the Romulan military. He was known for being a brilliant strategist, cunning tactician, and his ability to think on his feet in high-pressure situations 
from Starfleet specifically, Captain Irulan Rocheford, who is the commanding officer of the USS Michael Collins, which is a, a Luna-class Starfleet vessel, specifically working in exploring uncharted regions of deep space and everything like that. Her presentation is going to be specifically on the challenges of command of a multicultural crew. The Michael Collins is known for really having a tremendously diverse crew in terms of its species complement. And she's known for her strong leadership skills and her ability to navigate some of those complex cultural issues that come up. And last but certainly not least is a Benzite, also from the Daystrom Institute by the name of Dr. Purix. P-U-R-I-X. Anybody, again, with any connections to the Daystrom Institute know that Dr. Purix holds considerable sway in the in the research community in terms of what research is done and what research is not done. She is outspoken and exceptionally moderate and opinionated. So she is very much of the opinion that science should move slowly and completely so that accidents and side effects can be anticipated and snuffed out before they are realized. So she's very, she proceeds in that way, which is why she holds the position that she does in the Daystrom Institute a little bit higher up than our cohort, Dr. Braggoff there, both from the Daystrom Institute. And she is presenting an overview of some of the theoretical findings that Daystrom has been working through lately, specifically in subspace technologies. She is uh, Specifically, one of the things that she wants to talk about is a theoretical compound or chemical that that has been theorized in terms of like dark matter has been like theorized but never directly directly seen uh, that she thinks can be impacting some subspace anomalies that they've been tracking throughout the Daystrom Institute. But she, like I said, she holds considerable sway in the community and she herself is not easily swayed by what she considers to be outlandish theories or applications to very scientific theories and technologies. And also, too, all of them have a... None of these folks, these are top names in this field. Some of the most brilliant minds from around the galaxy. They're not traveling by themselves. They all have an entourage of three or four attendants, various subordinates, assistants, that kind of thing. So they're but they, uh, so they're not traveling like individually. All right. Excellent. Cool. Let's go ahead and get into some dice rolling then. So what I'm going to need you to do, I'm going to need all five of you to roll a d20 for me, please. Just one. I have an 18. Five. I too have an 18. Okay. In a low roll game, that's not good. <laughs> I have a 12. A 12. Yeah. Lieutenant Najar is rocking a 3. A 3. Excellent. All right. And Taishi? 5. 5. All right. I will start low, which means that, Lieutenant Najar, we will start with you and your 3. So you have a friendly rivalry with one of the speakers. What is the nature of the rivalry? I would say that Ambassador Kateb spoke at Starfleet during my security training, specifically on deflector shields and force field technologies, which I learned quite a bit about as I was growing up. And our friendly rivalry would come from the fact that his focus is on weaponry and he does understand deflector and his understanding of deflector shields and force fields is solid. It was slightly incomplete. I challenged him during the question section of his lecture, and it became a discussion, and we spoke afterwards. It, was, it ended amicably, but there was definitely a little bit of rivalry in the initial conversation and getting to know each other slash, hey, why are you calling me out in front of everybody during my lecture kind of thing? 
Excellent. All right. So here's the million dollar question. Were you right? Yes, I was. Excellent. Okay. We'll get to that in just a moment. All right. Taishi out of five. Let's see here. So you have a grudge against one of the speakers. Describe the origin and whether or not you think your grudge is based in reality or not. I would say my grudge would have to be against Purix from the Daystrom Institute because I feel that person's approach to research can be too cautious at times and that if we are to move in the correct direction I think Starfleet should move, we should have to take a few risks. Excellent. I like it. All right. And Ocean, let's see, you had a 12, right? Excellent. Much like Taishi has a grudge against one of the speakers, one of the speakers has a grudge against you. Describe the origin of the grudge and whether it is perception or reality, if you even know. Let's pick Dr. Priya. So one of the pieces in my backstory was an escort mission. I have previously been assigned to add a security detail for this individual. However, that escort mission went sideways and we were shot down. I took charge of the remaining personnel and opted to leave the ship behind as the raiders would no longer would no doubt target the the wreckage. She probably fought me the entire time, but in the end we were rescued because we had the engineer leave an encrypted message as to where our location would be. Excellent. Okay. So you would say that so the was the grudge from the situation that she got into under your security watch at all, or was it because of your tactics in resolving it? Probably a little bit of both. Whereas in that scenario, the commanding officer had been disabled. She may not have cared that I had taken charge. She may not have also agreed that we should leave the safety of the the shuttle. Sure. Yep. Fair enough. Excellent. Okay, excellent. And then Dave and Joe, I'm going to ask you both to go ahead and re-roll, actually, since you both got the same number. So that's, no we'll, see, we'll see who gets to keep it. I got a 20. Okay. I got a seven. Yeah, I think I'm okay. second. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So go, go, going from bad to worse, that's all right. All right. Tobar, so at a seven, you have bonded with one of the speakers previously over a love of some cultural aspect of your species, theirs, uh, another third species. What is it? What did you find common ground with one of the uh, with one of the speakers? Yeah, so it's going to be Captain Erlen of the Michael Cullen. Sure. In fact, we served together with my previous host, who was also a Starfleet scientist, and so we bonded over the unique pers- cultural perspective of the multi generational lifespan of Trill and how that influences their worldviews and cultural views and takes and attitudes. Fascinating. Have you seen Rochefort since you've changed hosts? No, I don't think so. This will be the first time. Okay, excellent. So at a 20, so first things first, Dave, thank you for adding two more threat into the pool. Appreciate that. Okay, so you are... (laughs) I love this question. Sorry, I'm laughing at myself. You are convinced that one of the speakers is dead and therefore must have been replaced with an imposter. Who is it? What do you know of their death? And why would someone be there impersonating them in particular? Okay. My assignment before coming here and eventually being assigned to the Christian was with Starfleet Corps of Engineers. 
And so I've been here for a little bit helping the speakers set up. And I was helping Dr. Braga set up his sensor equipment and there was an accident. And I'm convinced he died in the accident. Oh, so there was an accident here on the space station yeah. as things were setting up. Ah. But he's apparently shown up perfectly fine. But I think that the accident was too serious for him to be in as good a shape as he is. You asked for conspiracy theory. Absolutely. That's, that is brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you all. So the first scene as we open up on, on the show, now that we've built our connections between them all, is the grand reception on the evening before the conference itself. After the speakers have all arrived and set up and everything like that, there is a, a large uh, kind of panoramic observation deck, I uh, think 10 forward on the Enterprise, where brilliant starfield stocked synthahall hall bar attendants coming around with trays of snacks and everything like that and obviously all the speakers are there mingling with other attendees of the conference and you all are, are asked by pritchard to keep an eye on things and make sure that this uh, this conference goes well uh, it's again it's the first one sort of in the space station he has brought you all into this assignment because because he trusts you all and would really that's basically why you are why you are involved here to keep an eye on everything but during the reception itself obviously feel free to to mingle and to discuss the first thing as you enter the the room itself from Virtually across the the observation room, you can hear the the booming voice of Kateb talking about this time that he was speaking at Starfleet Academy and presenting his theories. And this this young upstart student who clearly didn't know anything was trying to go ahead and tell him that his theories were wrong. And ultimately ends the story with the realization that. But would you believe it that? They were right. Can you believe I'd forgot to carry a one? I'd missed one of the squares, and all of a sudden they were correct. And as he's ending the story, Lieutenant Jean, he turns around and sees you and says, And who would have thought of all days, of all nights? And he walks over and extends his arms broadly and says, You were right. You know that, right? Well met, Ambassador Kateb. And actually, I'm sorry, he's going to lead with Nukne, Ambassador Kateb. Nukne, Nukne, ha ha! And he claps your back loudly. And we can't all be right all the time. Indeed, but I would expect myself to be right more often than I am not. And the fact that you caught me in such a simple miscalculation was only a little embarrassing, but. Ah, uh, but your speech was. And your conclusions were phenomenal. It was simply an error in math, which can happen to anyone, any of us. So while it may have been a small thing, I know that me pointing it out as but a student was a big thing. And you took it very well. Yeah. Very honorable. <laughs> so in kind of the circle of folks that that Kateb was talking to of course is Dr. Tapre who looks you all over and Oshim when she sees you says I feel like we have met before where do I know you from we had the pleasure of a journey to Vulcan 5 that's right you were part of my security detail yes glad to see that you have continued 
your advancement and that you seem to be none the worse for wear for the incident that was caused. Thank you, ma'am. What brings you here? Are you here to attend the conference? I'm here to provide additional security and to hear what some of the people here have to say. I'm particularly interested in what Ambassador Kotab and Dr. Tarkov have to offer. When, when you say that you're here to provide additional security, her eyebrow raises, but she doesn't say anything. And she kind of gives you a knowing look like, really, again? And make sure that her clothes are straight. <laughs> I was, I'm not going to call her out, but yeah. No, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yep, fair enough. From across the room, Tobor, you hear, goodness, Tobor? Is that you? I do that turn, half turn around the shoulder and then break out into a big, wide smile. This is new. She kind of stands back and run, like waves her hands in front, like up and down. Like, I, this is new. I certainly different than the last time I saw you. Indeed, quite a the bit pips has happened. Too. Yours as well, Captain. Long <laughs> overdue. I, I appreciate that, as do you. And you're going to be in command of the Dalamis Christian, right? That is what I have been told Excellent. as soon as she arrives. Yeah. Yeah, apparently some delay leaving Starbase. I'm sure that she'll be here. I, we all expected her to be here by now, but sometimes these things happen. That's When you're out in this region of space, things happen. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a precursor to an inauspicious beginning to my command. Exactly, indeed. How have things been since, you know what, there'll be plenty of time for us to go ahead and connect, but I would love to go ahead and hear how the last few years have treated you. Yeah, since last you saw me, I was in in the Dominion War and it was an unpleasant circumstance which brought me to this, my new host. We are much happier now than we were then, and she raises a glass to that. But Commandant Pritchard sponsored me for reapplication to Starfleet based off of my past experiences and took the accelerated command training protocols and then was involved in a several unique missions learned myself a new language that no one had ever before discovered and so i got to get my hands dirty with some xeno archaeology which is pastime and fascinating and that and then yes and then you heard of the ganymede incident of course and she raises her glass again. So we managed to get out of that through the skin of our teeth. And that was what kind of tipped the balance, I think, in Starfleet's decision to give me command of the Dalamus. May we all be in happier times, certainly for the next few days, discussing that on the forefront of science. Absolutely. As they are talking, Tanari, you see Dr. Punix and Dr. Braga entering the room talking in not in hushed tones but certain but in like urgent tones like braga's i don't know what happened we were moving cases of tools from one side to another there was some sort of an explosion i don't know what happened but we were just we're very lucky that everybody made it out alive 
Um, and they very much seem to be having this discussion. And obviously that's going to raise a red flag to you because you were convinced that Dr. Braga had not made it out of that incident. What was the, what was the nature of the incident that had happened? What was it that exploded? What was it that they were moving? Uh, that sort of thing. And what was your role in it? Too? I was there? there helping to install some of the experimental sensor equipment he had put in for probably for a demonstration he wanted to put in. And a power converter went bad. Some sort of bad interaction with the station's EPS conduit, since the station's still new and they weren't completed yet. And we had an explosion. Yeah. Some sort of, they hadn't quite installed the ground on the plug jet. Exactly. Thing, but yeah, yeah, yep. Were there any other casualties in the incident? As of yet, no. I think I would think that there are still a couple engineers who are still touch and go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. When you reported this incident to Commandant Pritchard, he immediately alerted Starfleet. But based on where the station is, it's going to be a few days before a crew of JAG officers can come to complete the investigation. And so he wants you to stay with this group observing the conference itself because obviously sometimes these things can be security concerns and everything like that so he wants you to stay here but he assures you that he has taken a security team to go ahead and collect evidence and ensure that there was nothing untoward happening in that incident make sure that it was actually just an accident i guess is what I'm, I'm assuming i've spent a past day or two having some rather pleasant discussions with starfleet security Absolutely. Yeah, so exactly. Some subspace communication, some subspace meetings. What did you see? What did? Uh, what do you think was happening? Who was doing what at the time that was going on? Were there any other non-Starfleet people there? And of course, the answer to that is that both of them have their entourages and they have their own kind of technician people with them. So there were other people there that were not on this network that were working too. Not really sure who was doing what at the time that the accident happened because nobody was paying attention. It was an accident. Just, this is the first time I've seen Dr. Braga since his emergency beam out to sick bay. It ab- absolutely right. Yeah. And again, like he's he seems to be none the worse the wear for wear. He doesn't doesn't seem injured at all. Seem, and again, he is he's talking with recollection of what the incident was and what was going on there. Doesn't seem he certainly doesn't seem phased by it, if it's any, if that's any consolation, and doesn't seem to be showing any sign of, of, of injuries or anything like that. But it's also been a couple of days since you've seen him. Okay. Then I will come up to Dr. Taishi and ask her, Were you happen, did you happen to be on duty in the infirmary when the explosion happened? I was not. I had just come off duty and was in a rest period. Have you heard anything about how any of the about any of the injuries not really i can possibly access the medical records if you'd like to it's yeah it seems to me that the doctor over there is in remarkably good condition i when i was there it looked like he took the brunt of a blast so taishi that would certainly be Unless there is some specific accusation, that could be considered against medical protocol. Yes, it could. I'm trying to keep him happy. Yep, fair enough. So then, you're, how convincing do you think that you are being? I'd like, I think, I'd like you to roll on this. Just to give me, I, I want like a one, like a one difficulty. Me or her? 
her first to go ahead and see how convincing she's being. Because then depending on how convincing she's being, I'll let you make an insight roll to go ahead and determine. Give me a daring roll just to see how well you're able to okay. fluff that. What's your impression of his conspiracy here? Maybe, sorry, it'd be like daring plus whatever I rolled. No, a, a dar- daring plus a daring plus command. So roll your 2d20 and you one success on daring plus command. See how you... Okay. So daring plus command is 12. And so I your difficulty. Yep. Okay. Good. Nope. So you got your success. Okay. Yep. You're, okay. you're able to convince. You're able to convince her. Convince him. Uh, Tanari, give me like an insight. Insight plus security. Give me insight plus security and see how we're so, comparing against. All right. That's what Josh. Right yeah. This is a very classic example of what is known as contested roll in the rulebook. Yep. Where both would roll against difficulty one, and then it's the number of additional successes determines. Oh. Okay. Who ends up actually okay. succeeding? So, how would the difficulty on that normally be set then? That's a so difficulty is always one. So, like rolling no successes always fails, but one difficulty, and then you compare the dif- the number of successes rolled between the two. Tie goes to the person who initiated the action. Sure. Well, sorry, not the difficulty in terms of number of successes. I meant more like the target number. What would be the target number on the rolls in that case? Oh, it's whatever attribute and discipline you want to assign okay. for it. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, all right. So then we'll stick with we'll stick with twelve for the difficulty. So I guess both of you then would roll your two D your two D twenty, and then we'll compare the number of successes that you get on the twelve. I got so one success. So one success. You can have different tasks use different attributes. So if someone is trying to bluff, I can see. Use okay. Command presence. If you're trying to detect it, you could do security. Yeah. Daring, whatever. Yeah. So you Got have it. that okay. flexibility as the GM to pick the okay. attributes and disciplines. Cool. All right. So then let's, so then, so sorry, Taishi, you already, you rolled your TD 20 against, I said, uh, daring and command. I know you said you had at least 110. How many successes did you get on that? Was it just one or two? So tell me again how I determine successes. It'd be, so the target number is the two, is the attribute plus the discipline that I called out. Okay. So that was your 12. Right. Uh, and then when you roll your TD 20, it's the number under that. Gotcha. Equal to or lower. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So I rolled lower than my 12. On both die or just one? Just one. I okay, haven't rolled so you, second die yet. Got it. Okay. So you hit. Okay. And the second die, I did not okay. get a success. So that's one success. Okay. So then, Dave, then you, the other side now would be you trying to see through her sort of stonewalling a little bit on your conspiracy theory, which may actually just play into it if, if she succeeds. I got an 18 and a four, so that's one success. One success. Okay. All right. So then in a tie situation, the tie would go to Taishi since she's the one trying to go ahead and stonewall you. So, yeah. So, yeah. You've all that to go ahead and say. Which so I think makes sense I'm probably preoccupied looking at the doctor. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Yeah. You're right. You're asking her to go ahead and look at the medical documents and she's looking at you like, oh yeah, no, totally. I will absolutely go and pull the private medical records of a well-renowned doctor from the Daystrom Institute to go ahead and let you know whether or not he actually succumbed to injuries in your conspiracy theory. Totally. Absolutely, Tanari. I will go ahead and take care of that for you. Perfect. And then whether Taishi actually does that or not is going to be totally this up to Taishi at a later time. So This is suspicious. Sorry. The last thing we need are changelings at the Daystrom Institute. Ooh, he's at the C word. <laughs> if joining the Tabletop Journey's actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journey's podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, 
but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. So the rest of the speakers and their entourages are all, again, mingling around this conference room here. They're all having discussions among themselves. In particular, Kateb and Tokov are talking about their competing theories on how these things can be used for tactical things. So who else would like to go ahead and do something in the in the room? So uh, Kateb is probably the only person at this gathering that Lieutenant Najjar knows. They're a fairly young Starfleet officer. They've only had one duty assignment prior to this. And they were surprised to know someone here. So lacking a whole lot of social contact, because they do mingle, but they're a little. But he's a little quiet. He would fall back into old habits and automatic habits from not just his security training, but just the way that he grew up, of kind of behavioral profiling the people in the room, automatically looking for people who seem edgy, out of sorts, off, weird, behaving oddly. Though he's not public about the fact that he's empathic, people that he passes near that seem to have heightened emotions going on that belie the current situation, things like that. Sure. So let's see here. So obviously, Dr. Bragoff is is a little on edge because, as Tanari pointed out, there was an accident. Yeah, actually, that, so that's a yes. That's a good point. I do want you to roll. How about... I would bid security insight. Yep, security insight is where I was going also. Yeah. Yep. And then does being a beta do you get like a bonus bonus side of roll on that? Like how does how does that translate out? Pretty much the the empath talent lets you do this action. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. You normally not be able to feel people's surface thoughts without said talent ability. Yeah. And I don't I'll, actually I'll, get thoughts because I'm not telepathic. I'm just empathic. I get yeah. general mood, how they're you get feeling. Emotions, yeah. Yeah. I'll, Energy. I'll, so that's against a 14. And I got a 5 and a 14. Okay. So two successes. Excellent. So here's the. So the first thing that I'll ask then is are there. So I'm going to give you Bragoff for free. Name me two other people that you want to key in on in particular. And I will give you more information on those two. And then I will give you other information on the other three. Okay, so I'm going to kick back and ask for a little input on which two, because the two I would key into would be, aside from Braga, the first two that I noticed oddity about. I don't know anybody in this room enough to single them out. So the first two would be the first two I feel something that doesn't match the situation in their face from. Fair enough. If I can add something, he would, being an empath, he would probably be able to pick up my suspicion. Yep, so I, that's actually a really fair point, Tanari. That's the first one, then, is that you definitely feel that Tanari's sort of security antenna is up. Some, Tanari's not she exactly. Yeah, that's right. I suppose it's antenna since you said he's Andorian, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, antenna. So he thinks something is up. So he's very, I don't know, Tanari, how would you describe your emotions right now? Probably just, like, on edge or... Suspicious? On edge, suspicious. The kind of thing you get when you've just seen something that you know is wrong. Yep. Yep. And then... There's some alarm is in there, too. Yeah. Yep. And so the other thing that you feel is to Preya, because again, she was like right there around you guys. So that's the Vulcan. She is... She's a little uncomfortable right now. You know, you're not totally sure what it was, but she's feeling a little uncomfortable. 
What kind of situation uh, is she in? What's that? What kind of situation is she in? You're not really sure what it is about the about being in in the in the reception here that is making her feel uncomfortable. Let me rephrase. Yeah. Did it? Does it appear as though something about her current social situation and the people she's talking to is making her uncomfortable, or just she's overall seemed uncomfortable for the evening uh, so no, far? It's just it's, being here. It's something now about the, it's something now about uh, about her current social interactions that's making her feel uncomfortable. And who is she interacting with? So she was talking to Circle with Kateb before before you guys came over, and now you, there are another kind of other faceless NPCs just like standing around, and then you guys. Okay, so there's no one specifically right beside her that seems to be making her uncomfortable that she's conversing with, but maybe Kateb or someone else earlier. Yeah. That'd be a fair conclusion. Yep. Kateb is Kateb. He is fairly jovial anyway. He's uh, he's fine. He seems to have no care in the world. In fact, he's very he's having a lot of fun right now talking to Takov, the Romulan, because they're discussing weapons and tactics and, and everything like that. Ocean, we can hear you now. Oh good. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, so he's so he's like in his best element right now, and him and Tokov, they seem to have some sort of uh, friendly rivalry is the way to put it, but they clearly know each other and they have probably discussed tactics in various forms before. So the fact that they can go ahead and, uh, and speak to each other like this is uh, under the banner of peace is a welcome as a welcome change for both of them and then you've got captain rochefort who is feeling like she has seen a long lost friend right she she very much seems to be enjoying the fact that she's in tobor's company uh, and is really looking forward to being able to speak with him with him more going forward and then you pick up from tobar his emotions are completely whipsawing through a whole bunch of crazy feelings like fear anxiety anxious past trauma and not a fraction of it shows on his actual external demeanor which is pleasant and affable and fully in command and kind of a magnetic charisma to it that's uncommon but inside he is white knuckling through some stuff Okay, but it doesn't seem to be current stuff. It seems to be pe- stuff from prior to this night, from your past, recent events that you're working through. But you're definitely conflicted, but you have high command and strong presence to keep all that bottled up like a proper Starfleet captain should. Noted. Excellent. And then the last one was Dr. Pyrrhix, who's currently talking to Dr. Bragoff. I'm getting the download on, on how the investigation is going and what the latest news is. She's not swayed by outlandish theories. And so Bragoff is he's throwing things around. Maybe it was maybe it was a sabotage. Maybe someone's trying to get at my research. Maybe we can't trust Starfleet. Maybe all these kind of like wild ideas. And Pyrrhix is very much slow down. Stop. Brand new station. Probably just a mechanical failure. If they really wanted you gone, you wouldn't be here, that sort of thing. So she's very much trying to stay the course, steady the waves. She's trying to be calming. She's or not even calming like in a, in like a, oh, calm down, dear sort of way, but more just being very even keeled about it and just be like, let's relax. Let's get through this. Let's do what we're here to do. It was an accident. Let it go thing. So I'm going to do Excellent. the little room shuffle thing where you aren't actively walking towards someone at a party, but you're kind of sure. maneuvering around them so that I can hear their conversation more clearly without them actually noticing me in their space. Sure. Yeah, there are plenty of other people around here. And again, the conversation they're having very much seems to circle around their 
the the mechanical failure piece of it. There's no, there's no. They're not talking about their injuries. They're not talking about it. Purex wasn't injured in it. It was Bragif and his team. But yeah, like nothing. They're really just dealing with the whole. Yeah, somebody plugged the thing in upside down. Must have been kind of thing. Whoops, kind of thing. That's so they're very much where their conversation is circling around. Which of course, Tanari, I'm not sure. Read into that information, however you kind of thing, and, and get some tinfoil from the from the replicator. So. Tinfoil wrapped around the antenna. Exactly. Yep. Was that another question, Najar? I was just going to state, because I didn't want to immediately take action on that information, because I established it. I figured it took a while for me to establish it and peruse the room. I wanted to make sure everybody else had an opportunity to do something. Let's see. Osham, Tolbar, is there anything in particular that you guys would like to do in the room before before Najar builds on what he was doing? So a quick question about how much prep time we've had for this. Would we have t- had time to review the files of the entourages that these people brought with them? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I would be I'd be just watching the crowd and making sure that things are normal, making chit-chat with yep. whoever needs to be, but generally just keeping an eye out, making sure that there are no red flags in the if there were no red flags in the in the profile like one of them is an alcoholic sure yeah yep i mean that sure sounds like an insight security role to me and because you said you wanted to go ahead and review the security the security dossiers in advance i'll give you an extra d20 on it okay sounds good and that's another one 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 success roll one difficulty yep i will get the word done Sorry, you said insight and security. Security. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like insight and security to me, unless you have right. a, a so more convincing argument. Two or three dice on that? Three dice. So it's normally it would normally be two, and I'm giving you a bonus one because you read the dossiers in advance. Okay, and I'm at a 13 on this. Two successes. Okay, cool. One right, yeah. one right on the dot if it matters. Yep. So no red flags in the information. Every, everyone seems cordial and thing in the party. There doesn't seem to be any kind of any animosity or anything. The only thing that's approaching animosity is the conversation that Bragoff and Purix are having right now is, again, it kind of has this, this anxiety about it, right? Because as much as Purix is trying to convince Bragoff that it probably was not a conspiracy on him, He's convinced, right? Because like how like, things like this just don't happen in Starfleet space stations. This is not what happens. Starfleet's too good. Something must be at play here, right? So he's very much. But again, it just doesn't seem to be getting any traction among anyone that has. And it, have you tried to interact with the with the security team that that is investigating that at all? Or so would this would not be the first that I had heard about the the incident no it would have been a security briefing but it was considered low priority because it was really judged on face value even when it happened as an accident there was there were really no security concerns when tanari brought it to commandant pritchard again pritchard did report it appropriately star trek Mm -hmm. is bringing a jag unit just because this is like a high profile thing and pritchard has some sway in that regard he wants to make sure it's handled legitimately and maybe even not just so much even by the book maybe by the book plus like really wants to go ahead make sure that it's it's buttoned up nicely and then he assigned like a low-level security team basically to collect any evidence and information that they found there to re- basically to hand over to the jag team when they arrive understood would i have heard about his the professor's injury so you would have heard that he was transported to sickbay from the accident site as were two or three other people okay. uh, so yeah he was deemed injured enough that he was he was he was basically emergency transported to sickbay. Okay. 
But in terms of like the actual medical records themselves, I have no reason to doubt you, anything yeah, at this point. Probably have no no reason or sway to get that information. Okay. Well, I'll be making small talk with various people, but other than that, I am just here to to put a good face on Starfleet. Okay. Excellent. And Tobor, any anything else that you would like to do while you're in and around? So I just I do the full on captain new new command mingling, talking to all the new crew, whoever's here, just getting the initial read on everyone, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all yep. the command things. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So uh, actually, and, yeah, during that. As I'm sure we would have pressed hands or at some point with this, I would ask you a question. I noticed your your colleague, Captain Rochford, had a interesting reaction to your new host. It seemed somewhat, I don't want to say demeaning, but strange that it was a... I'm wondering if you took offense to her treating your new host as a new outfit. <laughs> no, that's very interesting. But every species has kind of a intellectually, everyone understands what it means for a trill to be joined and that we have new hosts throughout our lives. But very few individuals, because of our long lifespans, actually meet join trills who were in a previous host so it's a very common reaction actually i did not take any offense to it at all that's good to know all right so najar you said you had further actions that you wanted to take on your information yeah after looking about and the information that you had provided tanari is clearly the most agitated person in the room and seems to be alerted to some form of a threat. We are becoming part of the same crew. So without trying to draw any suspicion or raise any concern, Najar would cross the room and approach. Approach Tanari? Yeah. Cool. Excuse me, Tanari. Yes, sir. You seem upset by something and as though, and alarmed as though something is wrong. And this is the kind of situation where we don't want things to go wrong. What's up? Tanari hesitates for a bit, like he's considering what he wants to do, and says, I don't know, it's just the explosion. I don't. Maybe it's just gotten me shaken, I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about it, I've been hearing buzz all around the room. Do you think it was more than an accident? I don't know, it's just, I thought the doctor was more injured than he seems. He seems perfectly fine now, but I saw him get beamed out. Dr. Bragoff? Yeah. He doesn't look injured at all. He seems completely fine. Yeah, I know. Our doctors are good, but... You're saying he was severely injured enough that you don't feel... Well, he... He could be here and up and about, or...? (laughs) At the least, he should be... I think he should be at least in some pain. I mean, I saw him take the brunt of an explosion before he got, before they did an emergency beam out. I don't know, it's just, 
Maybe but I'm even, just rattled. I don't know, but something just doesn't seem right. Even Commandant Pritchard doesn't seem to be questioning his presence, and I would assume that there was a full investigation done. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe the whole incident just got me more shaken than I thought. I don't know. I come from a long line of folks who we trust those gut instincts, and I can... I can see how much you're agitated by it so you're trying to keep a lower demeanor but this seems like it might be pretty serious at least in your mind if you're that concerned maybe we should take it to the captain we may not have actually arrived on the Dalamas Christian but our commanding officer is present in the room maybe I just I don't want to cause trouble for someone for something I'm not sure about I totally understand that and I get your hesitation but let me rephrase Based on my job and my line of work, now that you've got me convinced that there's at least something to be concerned about, I have to tell the captain. Would you like to do so it can come from your words? If you think we should, I'll trust your judgment. We're talking about the security of the Starbase. If there's any chance that something off happened during that explosion, uh, especially with this many foreign dignitaries here, we have to bring it to the captain's attention at least. And then okay. we can let him decide whether or not he feels it needs to be brought to the Commandant. Okay. All right. Okay. Then I'm with you. So, All right. Ooh. And yeah. Lieutenant Najar just steps slightly to the side as though to allow you to pass and yeah. giving the I'll impression that he's going to fall into step beside or behind you. Put my drink down on the nearest table and I guess we'll head to the captain. So um, I'll break right, off so. from the conversation I'm having. As they come over. Lieutenants. And so, Najjar, as soon as he sees it's you, like, you feel his emotional control, like, slam into place. Like, Mm. he he is, like, on the bridge of a starship. Most of the stuff I felt from before is now being more uh, hidden. Hidden, yeah. Hurt. He's read my file. My face does not give away any surprise or anything. Najar now is part of Starfleet, and most of his commanding officers have read his file, and this is (laughs) not unusual. Whatever they can do to put up whatever defense they can. So do you have this conversation in the large reception room that you're in, or do you try to break away to another smaller, more intimate? I'll ask the captain if we can talk with him privately. Of course. Let's uh, step off into this side room which all good reception halls have probably best to keep the entire security detail together if you think that you're bringing a security concern to, to him Tanari, do you would uh, i don't know would you express that was maybe necessary i just want to make sure that splitting so, the party is never <laughs> sometimes difficult so would this so, be the opportune moment for me to have had been having the conversation with the captain yeah exactly you guys could have been talking yeah. exactly yep yeah Yep, well, then I will sense. express to the captain that, yeah, I have a, that Lieutenant Najar and I have a security concern. By all means, let's step into the other room. And in fact, there may also be a medical concern. Clink. At the comment of... Taishi, can you join us in the reception room? Certainly. At the words, Lieutenant Najar and I have a security concern. Najar does raise his eyebrow, but <laughs> says nothing. Right. One of us has a theory. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So yeah, you're easily, there's a, there's an anteroom off to the side, one of the conference room type things with like long table and purple chairs and whole nine yards. I'm this, not going to sit, but I'm just going to prop up against the, yep. the long table. One leg mm-hmm. over the back of a chair. It's, it's, yeah, I'm going to ranker myself up over the conference <laughs> <Right>. table. <laughs> I will actually stand close enough to the door that I can pay attention to anything that might be going on outside, balancing that with not wanting to be far enough away from this conversation that people have to speak loudly. Yeah. And I would say, too, that there's probably some other, like, low-level ensign assisting you all that when you all decided to go ahead as the as the brass of the operation here, you probably let Ensign Tompkins know, we need to step in here. Make sure nothing happens, right? Yeah. And the Najar gives Oshin a nod as he suddenly finds himself trying to take the same position and instead shuffles to the other side of the door. I see. Good, eh? This is something I normally wouldn't bring up except for the fact that it's a sensitive time with the war just being over. But with the accident that happened... I saw Dr. Bragoff get hit pretty square on with the explosion before he can before he got beamed out to the sick bay. And it seems like he's in awfully good condition for someone who took a blow like that straight on. I gotta turn over to Taishi. You weren't you didn't happen to be uh, working in Med Bay when the explosion happened, did you? No, I was not. I just left. I was on a rest period. What's she's reaction to this this revelation or this statement? Does do they uh, are you? Is there any sort of irritation that this has been brought up? More like confusion. Okay. This person is obviously okay. I don't understand why there's an issue, but I will go with the flow and see if not just being paranoid. I see. I'll put this one out here, see what the team thinks. I haven't known too many Tellarites in my time, other than what's his name from back in the academy. I can never remember his name, but they're pretty tough. And like physically and biologically. So I don't know if that was factored into your analysis when matching up the events that had occurred with the reaction afterwards. And I did note that he is moving slightly less normally than normal, but... Just to interject, quick question, Josh. You had mentioned that there were two of the the presenters that were having a an animated conversation was correct braga was one of them yes okay and P- purix was the other one the other one from the nation okay. was braga in any way over over stimulated that might indicate that he was hopped up on painkillers uh, that's an excellent question that i think i'm going to need to make you to make a medical role on Probably medical insight. Uh, let's see, insight and medicine. Okay. See what your experience with painkillers are. Yep. And what uh, would be the difficulty yes. set at, Josh? You are security, right? Yes. Difficulty of two. Okay. 
I only got one. Okay. It, inconclusive. You're not really sure that there would have been any lingering effects to any of the painkillers that they would have given him. Okay. Could you remind me what his emotional state was? He was the one you gave me for free at the beginning, and then I got yeah. distracted by he's, bullying. He's, he's perturbed. He's put by the fact that there was an accident in the first place, um, trying to go ahead and set up his stuff. He's somewhat convinced that there may have been sabotage. Purix was trying to talk him off that ledge, but wasn't having a lot of success. That kind of thing. So he's very much agitated and up. His emotional estate, though, matched a dude who'd just been blown up a little while ago and is convinced he was attacked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As y'all are talking, I am spending two threat to create a complication, and Commander, your communicator goes off. The ensign in the other room says, Sir, Bragoff and Purix are getting in an argument. It's getting heated. I'm not sure that I can contain the room by myself. How much longer do you guys need? I think we're just about done here, Ensign. Okay. Locate Captain Rochefort if you can't. I'll be there in a moment. Lieutenant, I'm not discounting your keen sense of, of insight and intuition but let's go find out what's going on and come back to this it could just be Tellarites being Tellarite-y <laughs> okay thank you sir thank you for bringing it to my attention this is good information to have as we exit the room Najar would motion to the captain aside if he joins him he would then reveal to him the emotional states that he had he of the people involved in the room that he picked up i figured how old does najar look appear to be early 20s you didn't serve in the war did you lieutenant no sir so you've never had any physical or empathic contact with a changeling before have you no sir i've read not some, that i'm aware of i've read some reports that sometimes changelings can mimic emotions sometimes empaths can detect them being off so when we return to the room i'll make my rounds again looking for trying to feel out anything that seems wrong or odd thank you sir as the doors to the site, the anteroom here, open, Najar, you can definitely tell the entire emotional state of the room has leveled, has gone up a little bit. Purix and Bragoff and their entourages are now yelling at each other about how Bragoff doesn't feel like Purix is taking this seriously. Purix is very much like, you're you're going off on one of your wild theories again. You need to calm down, blah, 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 like that kind of thing. Uh, but they are very much, they're at each other right now. And and that's it. It's, it is definitely emotion, who's emotionally agitated to calm down always works. Exactly, right, exactly, right, right yeah, exactly. And you see the other, the other kind of conference speakers are giving them a wide berth at this moment they are they're trying to even the romulan and the klingon are like we're not getting anywhere near that over there we're gonna let them have half out because they definitely seem they definitely seem at each other now you say at each other and you say they're yelling and stuff do they seem as though they might and then to just call us back into the room do they seem as though they might become violent is there like angry gesticulating and pointing and leaning towards each other in a seriously aggressive behavior the tellerites are a fairly argu physically argumentative bunch you can definitely tell hackles are getting raised so then unless his captain stops him 
Najar would immediately walk over, particularly since they're two of the people that are causing the most issue, and put himself right in the middle of it, between them. Yeah, I'll be walking with you, and I'll... One second, and I will approach them uh, to get to about a, maybe a 10, 10 foot distance and then I'm going to do a full on two finger like whistle like a attention grabbing like full on field whistle I like it and then use my talent diffuse the tension nice because I believe this may be a situation where I need to uh, attempting to convince people to not resort to violence. I like it. And I'm going to, after that catches everyone, startles everyone enough to get their all attention to me, I will just go, I'll tilt my head just a tiny fraction. Gentlemen, what seems to be the problem? Bragoff will turn and look at you and say, Commander, we will have no issue as long as you and your people take this incident way more seriously than she is. And that's where the act will end. Next time on Star Trek Preservations. And then leans in very closely to him and whispers, if you don't stop making a scene, you'll tip them off. I would like to have one of the local station security not necessarily escort them, but just have them make sure that they get back safely. As yep. I'll put it. He'll turn his nose up at both of you, and he'll turn back to Tobar. Are they behind this interrogation? He's been insulted twice, both as an Endorian and as an engineer. <laughs> <laughs>